Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Glasgow Times Sports Podcast, normally recorded in our studio at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre, currently recorded from our volunteers' homes. To keep in touch with us, use our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, which are all at Q and Review. That's C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W. Or get in touch via information at qandreview.com. That's information at c-u-e-a-n-d-r-e-v-i-e-w.com. Please like and share our podcast and give us any constructive feedback. From the Glasgow Times, Monday the 4th of July 2022, from the sports section, Arthur Boric wades into explosive row between Legia Warsaw and fans over Celtic farewell game prices. By Mark Walker. Arthur Boric is set to go out with a bang after he waded into an explosive row between Legia Warsaw and his own fans over prices for his farewell game against Celtic, with only 3,000 tickets snapped up. The Hoops will travel to Poland on July the 20th after being invited for a special friendly in honour of the 42-year-old who retired at the end of last season. In what turned out to be his final game, he was sent off for attacking Varta Poisson player David Shikamvonovic after he impeded him from kicking the ball up the park. He then shoved a cameraman who was filming him walking off the pitch and the Polish FA banned him for three games and fined him £5,000, which he refused to pay and subsequently never got to say his farewells in a competitive match. Legia have arranged a match to play tribute to Boric, who won six major honours at Celtic in a five-year spell before being transferred to Fiorentina 12 years ago. However, their own supporter club have lashed out at them for what they claim are excessive ticket prices, set at prices up to £25, which is more than the charge for the Europa League group stages last season. The Legia fans stated, We note the ticket prices for Arthur Boric's game against Celtic with astonishment and embarrassment. It's as if the previous season has been wiped from the memory of those who run the club. No apologies, no explanations and hiding their heads in the sand. They had a chance of honouring Arthur with a full stadium, but nothing. The people in charge of our club are able to spoil everything. The desire to feed on the fans' great sympathy for Arthur Boric is embarrassing and is below the belt. Following the criticism, Boric then offered his own take on the row in a specially recorded message on social media. He said, I want to quickly end this ticket and price scandal. I just want to make one thing clear. There is no F to expletive deleted need to explain. If you want, come to the game. I cordially invite you. If not, thank you. Have fun at home. And that article was by Mark Walker. From the Glasgow Times, Monday the 4th of July 2022, from the sports section, Premier League giant in talks to join Sydney Super Cup as Rangers replacements by Ewan Payton. The organisers of the Sydney Super Cup look to have found a replacement team to fill the gap left by Rangers. Celtic will take part in the four-team tournament down under this November during the domestic World Cup break. They will be joined by Sydney FC and Western Sydney Wanderers in the friendly setup. They were due to be joined by Rangers with the game billed as the first ever Old Firm Derby staged abroad. However, it proved highly controversial among the Gerrards faithful, 
and so club bosses pulled their participation from the competition. Now it seems that the Premier League side are set to join. Celtic could come up against Everton in Sydney, with reports stating that Frank Lampard's side are in talks to become the replacement team. Kick360 says the EPL outfit are in discussions to join the tournament. And that article was by Ewan Payton. From the Glasgow Times, Monday the 4th of July 2022, from the sports section, Rangers braced for Joe Rebo and Calvin Bassey African Cup of Nations battle with Ibert star set for mid-season absence by Mark Walker. Rangers could face another club v country battle next season after the African Cup of Nations was switched from the summer to another January tournament. Ibrox ace Joe Aribo starred for Nigeria at AFCON last season in Cameroon and although Calvin Bassey was surprisingly snubbed by the Super Eagles for the tournament, he's now one of their key players following an outstanding season for Europa League runners-up, Rangers. The next tournament in Ivory Coast was finally set to be switched from their usual mid-season slot until summer of next year because of continued complaints from top European clubs at losing their players for a chunk of the campaign. However, the Confederation of African Football have now delayed it until January 2024 because June is the height of the rainy season in Ivory Coast. The association's president, Patrice Motsepe, said, We cannot take the risk. January is not the ideal time because of the European clubs, but it's the only choice we have. The choice has been made out of courtesy with the Ivorian organisers. Aribo's stint at the African Cup of Nations was part of his marathon 70-game season for club and country. He was one of three Scottish-placed players at last season's tournament, along with Hamilton's David Moyo for, for Zimbabwe and Aloha defender Fernando Mendy, who was called up for Guinea-Bissau. And that piece was by Mark Walker. From the Glasgow Times, Monday the 4th of July 2022, from the sports section, Rangers icon Ali McCoist pays emotional tribute to late friend Andy Gorham by Ewan Payton. Ali McCoist has paid an emotional tribute to his late friend Andy Gorham. The Rangers icon sadly passed away at the weekend after a short battle with cancer. The goalie, 58, revealed he has been diagnosed with the disease in April this year. On Saturday, he tragically lost his battle with the illness as tributes flooded in from across the football community. McCoy's was with the ex-Scotland internationals as he tragically died as he supported Gorham in his final moments. And McCoy saluted Gorham for his immense bravery shown throughout his battle. He told TalkSport, Andy got the news 10 weeks ago that he'd been diagnosed with incurable cancer he was given six months. The speed of it has been absolutely frightening. However, having gone to see him on a regular basis, first of all, first of all at the hospital in Mushaw, East Kilbride, eventually the hospice in Airdrie. First of all, I would like to thank everybody who looked after Andy. These girls and guys in these places are absolutely remarkable, the job they do. I was there on Saturday morning when Bomber Brown, the two of us were at his side when he passed with his son Danny and his ex-wife Miriam. It was absolutely tragic. However, we are all taking great courage from the fact his bravery was absolutely incredible. I kept coming back to saying to the boys when I was on the phone to them, whoever it may be, I thought the goalie was actually in a state of shock with the news, which would be understandable, but he actually wasn't in a state of shock. 
it was a remarkable bravery like I've never seen in my life before. He never changed, and the whole thing never changed, so it wasn't shock, it was just a bravery. He's come to the horrendous illness, and we are all absolutely in no doubt that he's free from pain and in a far better place. He was a pal, he was the best goalie I've ever played with, he was absolutely unbelievable as a goalkeeper, and I would have to tell you he was one hell of a man. He had a bit of everything in his makeup, and it is a sad, sad loss and tragically taken away far too soon. 58 is not an age at all. We will all miss him desperately. And that piece was by Ewan Payton. From the Glasgow Times, Monday the 4th of July 2022, from the sports section. Southampton to test Rangers transfer resolve with Joe Arebo bid. By Ewan Payton, sports writer. Rangers' transfer resolve over the future of Joe Aribo is set to be tested soon, according to a report. It's been said that the Ibrox club will receive an offer for the attacking midfielder in the coming weeks. The Daily Record reports that Southampton have emerged as frontrunners to sign the Nigerian star. They say that the Premier League side are weighing up a move, with Aribo out of contract in 12 months' time. Saints are believed to have been interested in Aribo for some time, with Crystal Palace, Fulham and Nottingham Forest, all linked with the 25-year-old too. The player could walk away from Ibrox for nothing in the summer if he stays. So if Southampton or any of their rivals were to make a bid in this window, Rangers will have a decision to make. Ex-Aston Villa striker Gabriel Bonglahor is quoted in a piece stating he expects to see some firm interest in the Rebo this summer. He said, There will be clubs interested in Joe Rebo. If there is a £10 million release clause, I'm sure that will be met because of what he showed in the Europe League final with his goal. Every time I watched him over the last couple of seasons, he's been a player that stood out for me. He's very comfortable in the ball, always shows that work rate and can play a number of positions. He's a top player who Rangers will not want to lose, definitely. And that article is by Ewan Payton. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 5th of July 2022, from the sports section, Australia boss concerned for former Celtic midfielder Tom Rodgers' welfare by James Kearney. Australian man- manager Graham Arnold said he is concerned about the welfare of former Celtic midfielder Tom Rodgers after the playmaker dropped out of the international squad for last month's World Cup playoffs, citing personal reasons. 29-year-old brought a nine-year stint at Parkhead to a close at the end of last season as he decided to move on from the Scottish champions and has not been replying to text messages sent by Arnold. The Australian PFA will perform checks of their own to make sure Roderick is okay, but his manager admits to feeling a little anxious. I haven't read anything, I haven't seen anything. I texted him and didn't get a reply, Arnold said. I'm concerned about Tommy, but I know the PFA are looking into it. The Socceroos face New Zealand twice in September, allowing Arnold one last chance to run the role of his players before selecting a squad for the World Cup. With a short turnaround between games, I'll probably nearly use two different teams, and that gives everyone a good chance then to show me what they've got and whether they're ready to go, he added. That's the fairest way to do it. We've got a good extended squad now of 30-35 to players, fighting to get into a 26-man World Cup squad. The best way to give them a fair chance is to play two different teams against New Zealand, 
which gives the players the opportunity to showcase what they've got before we select the squad and to create more depth. And that piece was by James Kearney. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 5th of July 2022, from the sports section, Brendan Rodgers tried to sign Rangers star Stephen Davis while manager of Liverpool reveals David Healy. By Aidan Smith, David Healy has revealed that Brendan Rodgers tried to sign Rangers midfielder Stephen Davis while he was manager of Liverpool. The Ibox veteran penned a new one-year deal this summer and is still a key figure of Giovanni van Bronckhurst's side. Healy has hailed his former teammate for his longevity and insists there would be plenty of more noise about him if he was from one of Europe's elite footballing countries. He told the son, Devo certainly isn't a baller and a shouter. He leads by example through his professionalism and the way he trains. When he is on it, while he is at his best, he plays in the tight little areas and around people. There are some players who wouldn't even been aware that the space was on, but Devo is. He's one of the best midfielders I have played with. If he had been Spanish, Italian, French or from Argentina, journalists and people would have been raved about him. If he'd come into the English Premier League from Argentina instead of being from Calibaje, then he'd have been announced announced a better player. I know Brendan Rodgers had a sniff around him when he was manager at Liverpool. He ended up signing Joe Allen around that time instead. If Stephen had been from Northern Ireland, he may have got a really top move, and that's how much I rate him. He was a dream to play with for a striker, but he was also a dream for any manager as well. He He has that quality that every team needs. And that article was by... Aidan Smith. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 5th of July 2022, from the sports section, Eilish McCulgan to debut at London Marathon 26 years after Mother's Win. Scottish distance runner Eilish McCulgan will debut at the London Marathon this year, 26 years after her mother, Liz McCulgan, won the race. In recent years, McCulgan has to set new British records for the 5km, 10km and 10m races, creating anticipation for her first competitive marathon. She will be up against the world record holder Bridget Koskei, defending champion Jocelyn Koskei and British number 1 Charlotte Purdue in the elite women's field on October the 2nd. McCogan said she had been preparing for years. I've been looking forward and planning the step up to the marathon distance over the past number of years and this year's London Marathon comes at the perfect time after a busy summer on the track. Obviously, the London Marathon holds a very special place in the heart of my family, with my mum's win in 1996. I don't actually remember the race myself, but I've seen the finish many times down the years. I'm now looking forward to experiencing it for myself. And that article was unattributed. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 5th of July 2022, from the sports section, Hearts bid to sign Everton striker Ellis Sims hits major stumbling block. By James Kearney. Hearts bid to re-sign Ellis Sims in a permanent deal has hit a major stumbling block with the Capital Club effectively priced out of a move for the striker. The 21-year-old spent the second half of last season on loan at Tynecastle and made a big impression in Robbie Nelson's Stratton 11, making 21 appearances in all competitions and helping the team's cause with 7 goals. Nielsen is keen on bringing the Englishman back to Gorgia in a permanent deal, 
But everything, with everything understood to be open to bids for the forward. The Goodison Park outfit reportedly valued the player at around £500,000, which isn't said to be out with Hart's means, but Sims' five-figure salary is too high for the Jambos, report the Scottish Sun. English Championship side Millwall are interested in the forward and are prepared to match his wage demands, as are a number of clubs in England, the report concludes. And that was a piece by James Kearney. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 5th of July 2022, from the sports section, Joel Aribo transfer latest as Rangers start rejects new Ibox contract. By Eden Smith, Joel Aribo has rejected a new Rangers contract according to reports. The Nigerian international has just one year left in his current Ibox deal and could walk away from the club next year for nothing if he has not sold this window. A number of reports have suggested Premier League interest in Aribo from clubs such as Southampton and Nottingham Forest. And now, Talksport have claimed that the 25-year-old has rejected an offer to State Rangers and extended his current contract. Aribo joined Rangers from Charlton in the summer of 2019 for just £300,000, so should the club sell him, they'll be in line to make a large profit. Talksport pundit Gabriel Bonglehor expects Aribo to move on this summer. He said, There will be clubs interested in Joe Aribo. If there's a £10 million release clause, I'm sure that will be met because of what he has showed in the Europa League final with his goal. Every time I watched him over the last couple of seasons, he's been a player that stood out for me. He's very comfortable in the ball, always shows that work rate, and can play a number of positions. He's a top player who Rangers do not want to lose, definitely. And that report was by Aidan Smith. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 7th of July 2022, from the sports section, Premier League and Championship clubs given green light over safe standing areas, by John McGill. All clubs in the top two tiers of English football can apply to operate licensed safe standing areas next season, the government has said. Cardiff, Chelsea, Manchester City, Manchester United and Tottenham took part in a safe standing pilot in the second half of last season, and Brentford, QPR and Wolves will now join those clubs in offering designated areas for home and away fans from the start of the 2022-23 season. The government also confirmed that Wembley would offer limited safe standing for fans from both sets of clubs at domestic matches later in the season, whilst other clubs are expected to, to apply as the season progresses. The Football Association will trial safety rails in England's National League match against Germany in September but at that stage spectators must remain seated. Once the trials are completed and should be approved by the, the, ground, the Sports Ground Safety Authority, SGSA, 892 seats in the lowest tier behind each goal, 1,784 seats in total, will be in designated safe standing areas. Sports Minister Nigel Hudson has said in May, he was minded to offer the option to all Premier League and Championship clubs in the back of interim findings from independent research on the pilot. The pilot marked the end of a blanket ban on standing in the top two tiers of English football, which had been in place for more than 25 years, with those clubs having been required to provide all seated accommodation since August 20, 1994, in the wake of the 1989 Hillsborough disaster, where 97 Liverpool fans lost their lives. It is understood Liverpool are not considering introducing safe standing for next season, 
but may extend or increase their existing road provision, having run a separate club pilot last season. Huddleston told the PA news agency, We're confident now we can roll out safe standing. We've engaged with lots of stakeholders, including importantly with Hillsborough families, because it's really important that we take everybody's views and opinions on board. Fans want it, we can do it safely, and I think it's a good day for football. The report on safe standing, compiled by CFE Research, acknowledged the rise in antisocial behaviour and disorder at football matches during last season, but said this was not attributable to the introduction of safe standing areas. Pitch invasions marred a number of end-of-season matches, but the report found that such invasions were actually more difficult from safe standing areas because the barriers limit movement downwards towards the pitch. The report found the barriers also help protect against progressively crowd collapse, where supporters surge forward and push into people in the rows in front, creating a domino effect. Barriers in safe standing areas make pitch invasions more difficult. An independent report in the safe standing pilot concluded, Martin Rickett slash PM. It also found no evidence that safe standing areas led to an increase in standing in other parts of the stadium. More than half of fans surveyed in the research, 52% said they felt safer with the introduction of safe standing areas, with only 5% saying they felt less safe. However, the research did report some isolated incidents of fans climbing onto the barriers, with one supporter surveyed saying that they suffered a back injury after someone fell off a barrier onto them, forcing them off work for three months. The majority of respondents, 85%, said they had never or rarely seen such incidents, but the report urged clubs in the SGSA to take steps to mitigate the risk. These included comprehensive and high-quality CCTV footage, asking away club stewards to support local stewards, updated codes of conduct specifically prohibiting such behaviour, and disciplinary action against those who engage in it. Campaigners have highlighted that leaving seats unlocked assist those wishing to climb onto the barriers, but the report did not recommend altering the advice that seats should be remain unlocked so that supporters have the option to sit during the match if they wish to. The report also highlighted that ambulant disabled supporters' experience had been negatively impacted by the introduction of safe standing areas and that clubs should consult with all supporter groups, including disabled supporter associations, to fully understand the ambulant disabled perspective alongside that of using a wheelchair base. And that report was by John McGill. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 5th of July 2022, from the sports section, Wimbledon Day 9, Cameron Norrie carries British hopes. By Hayley Milne, Cameron Norrie will carry the hopes of the nation on Tuesday when he walks out to play David Goffin for a place in the Wimbledon semi-finals. The British number one's clash will take place in court one, with the defending champion Novak Djokovic given the privilege of the men's quarter-final slot in centre court. Third seed's Ons Jabeur is also in action on the women's side of the draw. Here, the PA news agency looks ahead to day nine of the championships. If Yannick Sinner versus Carlos Alcaraz in round four provided a glimpse into the future, the Italian's last state meeting with Djokovic may show how long the old guard have left at the top table of men's tennis. Djokovic who's still in the hunt to finish as the most successful male player in the sport, beat the 20-year-old last year in Monte Carlo, but will face a different animal this time. The Serbian will always be the favourite in such a contest. However, one day the new generation will take over 
and Sinner will believe his moment is now. A number of champions were present for Sunday's centenary celebrations in Centre Court and several will pull on their white outfits again to take part in the invitation doubles on Tuesday. There is a men, women and mixed category where ex-Wimbledon single champions Martina Hingis, Goran Ivanisevic and Marion Bartoli will aim to lift silverware one last time at the All England Club. Former British players Laura Robson, Greg Rizetsky and Anne Kiothavong will also be in action. And that report is by Hayley Milne. From the Glasgow Times, Wednesday the 6th of July 2022, from the sports section, Alexandro Bernabei to avoid Celtic ban after headbutt suspension is cleared, by Ewan Payton. Celtic new boy Alexandro Bernabei will reportedly not face a ban upon his arrival to Scottish football. The 21-year-old signed for the hoops last week following a £3.75 million move from Lanas in Argentina. During the left-back's last game for his old club, he was sent off for an apparent headbutt incident versus Colon. This sparked uncertainty over whether a two-game suspension would carry over to Scotland upon his transfer. However, Scottish Express Sports say that Bernabeu is set to start in Celtic's first league game against Aberdeen at the end of the month. It's said that the fullback has been given the green light to play after the necessary paperwork lodged at Hamden from the Argentina FA made no mention of the punishment following a red card. Bernabeu is currently away with his new teammates in Austria as Ange Postelicoglu's side are put through their paces during pre-season. The defender will provide competition for Greg Taylor at left-back this term. That article was written by Ewan Payton. From the Glasgow Times, Wednesday the 6th of July 2022, from the sports section, Celtic star Cameron Carter-Vickers reflects on atmosphere versus Rangers and footballing idols. By Ewan Payton. Cameron Carter-Vickers has revealed what his favourite game experience at Celtic so far has been. The USA International has joined the Hoops on a permanent deal from Tottenham following last year's initial loan. The 24-year-old played a vital role in Celtic's title success as Ange Postelicoglu's men battled back to lift the league for the 10th time in 11 years. Now he has joined his teammates in Austria for their pre-season camp. Defender took part in a social media question and answer session with fans today and, as part of that, he revealed that last term's 3-0 thumping of Rangers at Parkhead was his favourite game to be a part of to date. He replied, I'd take the 3-0 Glasgow Derby at Celtic Park back in February. The atmosphere that night was ridiculous. In a follow-up, he was asked what it felt like to score in the Derby having struck the winner against Rangers in April. He said, It felt really good. I think the full-time whistle felt better because then we knew the job was done and we got the three points. The American internationalist also spoke about his excitement to compete at championship le- Champions League level. He added, It feels great to be able to measure up against the best players in the world and the hashtag UCL will be good. I wouldn't say I had any doubts. But I also wouldn't say it was a target previously. I'm more focused on the next step at all times. And amongst various other questions, Carter Vickers also revealed who his idols of the game were as he was growing up. Perhaps unsurprisingly, he commented, Growing up I'd watch defenders like Vidic and John Terry the most. And that piece was by Ewan Payton. From the Glasgow Times, 
Wednesday the 6th of July 2022 from the sports section Gordon Reid reveals how wrist injury left his chances of appearing at Wimbledon hanging by a thread by Paul Edison Gordon Reid is currently on a streak of 10 successive Grand Slam doubles titles but that run almost came to an end before his Wimbledon campaign even began The 30 year old from Alexandra who is supported by the LTA's elite programme for wheelchair players has been troubled by an injury affecting his left wrist for more than a year now, with the latest development a torn tendon immediately after Roland Garros. Up to now, the issue has not prevented Reid from competing at Grand Slams, but the latest blow left his chances of appearing at SW19 hanging by a thread. He explained, Three weeks ago I ruptured the tendon in my wrist when I was competing in France. They gave me a 20% chance of playing here, so it's kind of a small miracle that I'm here, so that just makes me want to savour the experience even more. It's already a bit of a bonus that I'm here, so I'm just looking forward to getting back out there and enjoying it. We weren't sure if there was going to be a surgery needed but or not, but luckily I've regained most of the function in my wrist in a short space of time, and that's the reason I'm here. I've been back in court for a week, and I'm feeling good so I'm ready to go. I first felt the wrist injury in March last year, so it's been coming and going since then. I managed to get a period of 6 months over the summer last year, before Roland Garros and until the US Open, where I had no issues at all, which was the perfect time with the Paralympics in Wimbledon. But I was really affected by it in Australia, I had just come back at Roland Garros, and then it went again. I'm hoping the end of the saga is near. I'm being looked after well by the medical team, so that's all we can ask for. As well as her bid for a 5th Wimbledon doubles title alongside Hewitt, Reid will also be competing in the singles, drawn in the first round against none other than his doubles partner. The duo met last year in Tokyo at the Paralympics, with Reid coming out on top to take the bronze medal, and, while it is inevitably a tricky situation, the pair have become used to it. He added, We know the draws are small for us at Grand Slams, so it was due to happen at some point. That's just the way it is, We've been in this situation many times in other tournaments, so we'll get that match out of the way and then come back together on Friday. We've been doing it for so long that it's second nature. It's always an interesting matchup with Alfie because of the fact that we know each other so well and know each other's games. We know our strengths and weaknesses and discuss it all the time to help our doubles. There is no advantage to him or me because we're in the same position. The main priority now is more Wimbledon success with Reid having one singles and four doubles titles to his name in the All England club. But this competition will not mark the end of the grass court season for Reid, with the LTA's British Open Wheelchair Tennis Championships in Nottingham coming the following week, an event in which Reid is desperate to thrive. He said, For me, personally, I really had limited match play opportunities this year because of the wrist injury. I didn't play from the Australian Open to Roland Garros, at all, so I'm desperate to play more matches and I'm really looking forward to another tournament in home soil next week in Nottingham. There's such an appetite for tennis in the country and when Wimbledon finishes it's a case of what do we do now? If people want to watch tennis and support British tennis players on home soil then come to the British Open next week. For the latest action on the British summer grass court season check out the LTA website. And that piece was by Paul Edison. From the Glasgow Times, Wednesday the 6th of July 2022,
In the sports section, Newcastle United completes signing of Kilmarnock starlet Charlie MacArthur by Ewan Payton, sports writer. Kilmarnock starlet Charlie MacArthur has joined Newcastle United. The 17-year-old has joined the Premier League Giants for an undisclosed fee. Coming up through Kelly's Academy, the centre-back made his first team debut last term in the SPFL Trust Trophy. He's just 16. He put in a Man of the Match display and earned rave reviews from far and wide. The defender is very highly rated and currently captains Scotland's under-17 sides. Several EPL clubs were keen on MacArthur, but the Ayrshire lad has committed his future to Newcastle. Derek McKinney said, We understood, like all Scottish clubs, that we're vulnerable to the richest league in the world with all the money that is available there. Ideally, Charlie, as a Kilmarnock supporter, would have played 100 games for the Kilmarnock first team and would have gotten a lot of satisfaction in seeing that. Unfortunately for us, a bigger club has come along and identified he's a good player, which he is. The move was something that Charlie was keen on, so once we established that, with his agents, then it was all about getting us the fee that we wanted, which thankfully we did. We wish Charlie all the best. He's a great kid and someone we've been really impressed with in the short time that I've been here. You can see exactly why Newcastle would want to bring him into their system and we'll look out for him and hope he does well there. He will always be welcome back at Rugby Park. And that article is by Ewan Payton. From the Glasgow Times, Wednesday the 6th of July 2022, from the sports section, Celtic dealt potential transfer blow as PSV win race to sign Vinicius Sousa by Ewan Payton. Celtic have reportedly been dealt a blow in the transfer window, with Vinicius Sousa set to join PSV Eindhoven. According to the Scottish Daily Express, the Dutch side are on course to win the race for the midfielder. The Brazilian youth international was believed to have been seen as an ideal man to slot into Celtic's midfield as an anchorman. Sousa spent last season on loan at Mechelen for Lommel in Belgium, but he looks to be set to seal a permanent move to the Netherlands, with Sousa indicating he's keen to join PSV. It's said that a deal will cost the Dutch outfit around €8 million, Euros, and the article is by Ewan Payton. From the Glasgow Times, Wednesday the 6th of July 2022, from the sports section, Rangers set to clinch deal for PUOK striker Antonio Kolak by Christopher Jack. Rangers are set to kick off their summer rebuild with the signing of PAOK striker Antonio Kolak. Boss Giovanni van Bronckhurst identified the Croatian as a key target ahead of the upcoming Premiership campaign and crack at the Champions League this term. And the Dutchman will now land his man after Kolak arrived in the UK to undergo a medical and finalise his move to Ibrox. Rangers agreed the framework of a £1.8 million deal several days ago but the switch was delayed as PAOK refused to sign off the transfer until a replacement had been targeted. Kolak has played in both of the Greeks' pre-season fixtures so far this summer, and he could now make his Rangers debut on Saturday as Van Bunker's side returned to action against Sunderland in Portugal. The Light Blues jetted out to their training camp on Monday and will spend the rest of the week being put through their paces ahead of the fixture with Alec Neal's side. The deal for Kolak comes as Joe Rebo gets set to clinch a multi-million pound move to Southampton 
and Rangers will now look to target further reinforcements ahead of the new term. In that article was by Christopher Jack. From the Glasgow Times, Wednesday the 6th of July 2022. From the sports section, Rangers to pay tribute to late Andy Gorham with minute silence as funeral arrangements confirmed. By David Irvin. Rangers have announced the club will pay tribute to legendary keeper Andy Gorham with a minute silence ahead of their pre-season match against Sunderland. The Ibrox club will hold the minute silence as the first of the number of tragedies tributes to the goalie after he passed away on Saturday, following a short battle with cancer. The iconic Rangers and Scotland keeper made 260 appearances for the Ibrox side between 1991 and 1998, winning five league titles three Scottish Cups and two League Cups. The Scottish football world united in mourning after the sad news on Saturday, with Rangers now announcing plans to honour Gorham, who passed age 58. Rangers confirmed Gorham's funeral will take place on Monday the 18th of July at Wellington Church. The next day, Ibrox representatives will lay a wreath prior to the West Ham United friendly fixtures. The club also announced further tributes have been planned for that evening, Tuesday the 19th of July, to allow supporters to pay their respects to Gorham. A Rangers statement read, Rangers can today confirm that there will be a minute's silence ahead of Saturday's friendly against Sunderland in memory of legendary goalkeeper Andy Gorham. Gorham made 260 appearances for Jairs between 1991 and 1998. In that time, he won five league titles, three Scottish Cups and two League Cups. He sadly passed away on Saturday following a short battle with cancer at the age of 58. The club can also today confirm Andy's funeral will take place on Monday the 18th of July at Wellington Church. The following day, representatives of Rangers will lay a wreath prior to the West Ham United friendly match with further tributes planned for that evening to allow supporters to pay their final respects to the goalie. And that article is by David Irvin. From the Glasgow Times, Thursday the 7th of July 2022, from the sports section. Cameron Tringale takes Scottish Open Day 1 limelight with course record equaling 9 under 61. By Nick Roger, golf correspondent. In a field sprinkled with 14 of the world's top 15 golfers, it was a man outside the leading 50 on the global pecking order who grabbed the limelight in Day 1 of the Genesis Scottish Open at the Renaissance. Amid a lineup so star-studded, the draw sheet couldn't appear in the Illustrated Guide to Constellations. The quietly spoken Cameron Tringale made a big noise with a course record equaling 9 under 61 to romp into a three-shot lead over former US Open champion Gary Woodland. With a rousing charge that used to be reserved for the mounted cavalry, Tringale, who had reached the turn in three under, birdied six holes in a row from the 10th as he blitzed his way towards a possible 59. Three parts to finish, though, tempered eager chatter about achieving that particular feat, but it was still a mighty fine effort from a 30, from the 34-year-old from California, as he made hail while that big fiery orb from the sky shone shone in his loathing. It, a 59, crossed my mind for a second, but then I put it out of my mind just as quickly as it came, admitting to world number 55. It was a lovely warm day in this particular parish, and Tringle's putter just about needed a lick of factor 52. My putter was in fire, he said, of a round all illuminated by a brace of birdie putts from 40 feet. Only four of his nine birdies were from inside six feet. 
I was really hot, hot with the putter and my ball striking matched up as well. He added with a sizzling streak. I gave myself loads of chances and it was just one of those days when they all found a hole. I've had some flashes of brilliant in the last couple of months but this was a special day. Golf is more fun when the putts are going in. Trinkle is something of a sturdy stalwart. This is his 13th season of the PGA Tour but he has yet to taste victory. He's not had a bad career, mind you. Having accumulated almost $17 million from the years from 331 starts, Tringle actually holds the record for the most prize money won without recording a win. So, what about breaking his duck here in the cradle of the game? It would mean a whole lot, he said. Scotland is where golf started, so this place is special. Tringle's sparkling effort took some of the attention away from the early clubhouse leader, Justin Harding. The South African was among four players controversially added to the 156-man field this week by winning a temporary stay against the DP World Tour suspending him for playing in the Saudi-backed LIV Golf Tour event outside London without seeking an official release. Taking to the tee in the first group out at 7.15am, there were no placards, banners or protests to greet this so-called rebel and Harding went about his business quietly and effectively. He posted a 5 under 65 before his relative tranquility was shattered when he was surrounded by the press pack barking questions about the LIV golf stitchy and all the background rumblings of discontent. There are times when it's a little uncomfortable, said Harding, the world number 114, who earned over $1.1 million from two LIV golf events he has contested. I am by no means a fighter. I'm not confrontational at the best of times. It's an awkward situation for me to be in. Look, at the end of the day, it, the LIV event, was an invitational and it was worth a bucket load of money. Ultimately, I'm a golfer and I felt I was entitled to play in it and I chose to do so. At one point of the day, Jordan Spieth was topping the order after five birdies in a row at the end of his front nine, but he had to settle for a 268. With next week's Open Championship looming, it's impossible to avoid chatting about the old course and the potential for golf's sacred turf to be blasted into submission should the weather be as calm and as favourable as it was here from the morning wave at the Renaissance. Yeah, I think it might be, said the 2017 Claret Jug weather, when asked if St Andrews can ever be too easy. I think if it's like it was this morning out here, it's just a wedge contest, really. It, the old course, was not necessarily built for today's technology. But I think that even a nice 10 to 15 mile per hour wind would show something to it. John Ram, the world number 3, joined Spieth in the 2 undermark, but Masters champion and world number 1, Scotty Scheffler, could only muster a 3 over 73. It's Tringle who's the man to catch. And that was a piece by Nick Roger. From the Glasgow Times, Thursday the 7th of July 2022, from the sports section, Cristiano Ronaldo to stay at home as Manchester United depart for Thailand. Cristiano Ronaldo will not be on the plane to Thailand for the start of Manchester United's pre-season tour as the star has been granted additional time off to deal with a family issue. Over the weekend, it emerged that 37-year-old had asked to leave Old Trafford if an acceptable offer arrived following a disappoint- disappointing first season back with a club he won medals aplenty at between 2003 and 2009. Ronaldo was conspicuous by his absence on Monday when new boss Eric Ten Hag welcomed United's international players to Carrington for the start of pre-season training.
The forward told the club he was dealing with a family matter and remained absent on Thursday. When United confirmed to the PEA news agency that he has been given additional time to deal with the issue. As a result, Ronaldo will not be part of the group flying to Bangkok on Friday and there is no time frame on when the forward will link up with United who take on Liverpool in Thailand on Tuesday before flying to Australia. While they will not board the flight to Bangkok, United insists Ronaldo will be part of the squad this season. Having repeatedly said in recent weeks that he is not for sale, the club maintain that stance remains unchanged amid reports that they are in fact willing to sell the Portugal international. They are looked to be landing spots for the vastly paid former Real Madrid forward and the PEA news agency understands Chelsea are still weighing up their level of interest. Fan favourite Ronaldo only returned to Old Trafford last summer, joining from Juventus for a fee rising to €23 million, Euros, £19.6 million. Ronaldo scored 24 goals in all competitions and was named Sir Matt Busby Player of the Year, but individual quality was unable to prevent his first season back at United, ending trophyless and with a sixth-place finish in the Premier League. Europa League football awaits as Ten Hag starts his rebuild, which will go up a gear when United face rivals Liverpool. United then head to Australia, where fixtures against Melbourne Victory and Crystal Palace in Melbourne are followed by a friendly against Aston Villa in Perth. And that article was unattributed. From the Glasgow Times, Thursday the 7th of July 2022, from the sports section, Dundee United agree deals to sign Stephen Fletcher and Dylan Levitt by Ewan Peyton. Dundee United are on the verge of a double signing, according to a report. Jack Ross is sent to land two key summer targets as he prepares his new side ahead of the Premiership season. The Daily Record say that as well as Dylan Levitt joining the Arabs, experienced striker Stephen Fletcher is set to follow. Levitt sp- spent last season on loan with the Tangerines, but a six-figure fee has been agreed with Manchester United for the Welsh midfielder. Fletcher, on the other hand, arrives at Tannadice on a free transfer, having left Stoke City earlier this summer. Ross identified the 35-year-old as a top target. The report states he's got his man. Fletcher made his name at Hibs, but enjoyed a successful career in England with Burnley, Wolves, Sunderland and Sheffield Wednesday. The pair will now travel with the United team for their pre-season trip to Spain next week. And that article was by Ewan Payton. From the Glasgow Times, Thursday the 7th of July 2022, from the sports section, Karamoko Dembele in difficult Celtic admission upon breast move, by sports writer Ewan Payton. Karamoko Dembele admits it has been challenging to deal with the intense hype that has surrounded him since he was a young boy. The 19-year-old left Celtic this week after coming up through the Scottish Champions Youth Academy. He burst onto the scene aged just 13, as viral videos of his incredible talent reached all corners of the globe. The attacker was then fast-tracked into Brendan Rodgers' first team training at the time. However, things didn't work out for Dembele at Celtic in the end. He only made 10 appearances for the club, with injuries also hampering his development. Dembele has now signed for Brest in League One. Speaking to French outlet Quest France, he insisted it was an easy decision to make, as he revealed Ange Postelikoglu wasn't a big fan of his style. He said, It's been very difficult for me. When you play so young, there is lots of pressure. 
It is what it is. I deal with it well. A lot of reasons I cannot say, but I think the manager didn't really like the way I played or saw something that was missing in my game. But I am here to prove what I can do. I'm not sure why it didn't work out, but that is God's plan. I'm here to play as much football as I can, have fun and do my best. I am actually strong for my size, but I don't think size matters in football. You have other qualities to compensate for size. Physicality has never been an issue for me. I like the way Stad Bestoy's 29 play, and it is a good league. These are all the factors that came to me picking here. I like entertaining fans and having fun. I like to score goals and do all the things an attacker needs. I love the French culture, and I watch a lot of French football, the big teams like Marseille and PSG. I've also watched a lot of Stad Brestois 29, so I know a lot about the team. And that article is by Ewan Payton. From the Glasgow Times, Thursday the 7th of July 2022, in the sports section, Rafael Nadal withdraws from Wimbledon due to injury as Nick Kyrgios progresses to final. By PA Sports Staff. Rafael Nadal's bid for the calendar year Grand Slam is over after he withdrew from Wimbledon due to an abdominal injury. The 22-time Grand Slam champion battled through the issue to beat Taylor Fritz in five sets on Wednesday to progress into the semi-finals in SW19, but scans a day later revealed the severity of the injury. Nadal was set to play Nick Kyrgios in Friday's semi-final, but his Australian opponent will now receive a walkover into a maiden major final. At a press conference on Thursday evening, Nadal said, Unfortunately, as you can imagine, I am here because I have to pull out from the tournament. As everyone saw yesterday, I have been suffering with a pain in the abdominal, and something was not okay there. That is confirmed. I have a tear in the muscle, and the communication is too late. I was thinking the whole day, I was thinking about the decision to make, but it doesn't make sense to go, even if I try through my career to keep going. It is very tough circumstances, but it is obvious if I keep going, the injury will be worse and worse. Nadal looked set to retire during his quarter-final against American Fritz on Wednesday evening, but somehow recovered to claim a 3-6-7-5-3-6-7-5-7-6 victory after a grueling 4 hours and 20 minutes. The 36-year-old had strapping in his stomach and, at times, appeared in so much pain that his father and sister, watching from the player's box, were gesticulating him for to quit the match. He practiced at Wimbledon on Thursday afternoon, but in a 7.20pm press conference, he announced he was unable to continue, ending the Australian Open and French Open champions' hope of winning all four majors in the same year. The Spaniard insisted he made the tough decision due to the abdominal, abdominal issue preventing him from being able to serve. I never thought about the calendar slam. I thought about my diary and my happiness, Nadal said. I made the decision because I don't believe I can win two matches under the circumstances. It is not only I can't serve at the right speed, it is I can't do the normal mo- movement to serve. After that, to imagine myself winning two matches, and for respect for myself in some way, I don't want to go out there and not be competitive enough to play at the level I need to play at to achieve my goals. And that article was taken from PEA Sports Staff. From the Glasgow Times, Thursday the 7th of July 2022, from the Sports Section, Rangers targeting move for former Derby star Tom Lawrence. This article is an exclusive by Christopher Jack, senior Rangers writer. 
Rangers are targeting a move for former Derby star Tom Warrens as Giovanni Van Bronckhorst bids to bolster his Ibrox attack for the second time this summer. The Dutchman has landed top target Antonia Kolak in a £1.8 million deal from PEOK after the Greeks finally agreed to sanction a switch for the striker this week. Now Lawrence could be set to join him at Ibrox as Rangers fight it out with Sheffield United to land the Welsh international. Lawrence is a free agent after signalling his intention to leave Derby County following their relegation to League One last term. The 28-year-old has also turned out for the likes of Blackburn Rovers, Cardiff City and Ipswich Town during his career south of the border. And he could now be tasked with firing Rangers to the Premiership title and into the Champions League as Van Bonkers aims to add his forward options once again this summer. And that article was by Christopher Jack. Evening Times Sport, July 11. Alex Neal backs Ross Stewart to handle championship rise with Sunderland. Report by Chris Jack. Alex Neal has backed Scotland's striker Ross Stewart to handle the step up to the championship this term as Sunderland continue their pre-season schedule in Portugal. The Black Cats saw their friendly with Rangers cut short on Saturday night as a half-time power outage plunged at the stadium into darkness. The match was eventually abandoned 45 minutes later as both Neil and Ibrook's boss Giovanni van Bronckhorst saw their preparations disrupted and a handful of players were left with no game time. Sunderland will return to action on Wednesday when they face Serie A giants Roma and the countdown is on their championship opener at home to Coventry City later this month. Stewart was an inspirational figure for Neil's side throughout last term and he will now get the chance to build on his run out against Rangers as he gets set to make the step into England's second tier. It wasn't great, Neil said after the lengthy delay and early finish on Saturday night. It was disappointing really because minutes are important for us now and what it has done is set us back a little bit because 90 minutes for a lot of those players was going to be crucial and we didn't manage to get them. What I can take from it is that I thought our performance for the 45 minutes was really good against a strong Rangers team. I thought we were the better side, so for me that was really pleasing. I know how good Rangers can be. I have seen them over the years. I thought our lads applied themselves really well. It is a different level that we are going to be testing ourselves going into the championship. But Ross did great for us last year and he will go into the season with real confidence based on how he did last season. I don't think any of us have concerns in that sense, but obviously the proof will be in the pudding and we will see how we go. Report by Chris Jack Evening Times Sport, July 11 Kyogo sets goal target Report by Graeme McGarry Kyogo has set himself a minimum target of 20 goals next season 
as he looks to wrest the title of Scotland's top scorer away from teammate Georgios Giacomakis. Giacomakis and Ross County's Regan Charles Cook shared the top spot in the Scottish Premiership scoring charts last season with 13 league goals apiece, with Kyogo only one behind with 12 strikes to his name. Both of Celtic's main strikers spent lengthy periods on the sidelines last season through injury, and Kyogo revealed that he and Giacomakis have a friendly rivalry going where they try to push each other on to outscore one another. That pressure the Celtic players put on one another has the Japanese forward convinced that there will be much more to come from both he and the team as a collective in the new campaign. Said Kyogo, We have good teammates and supporters, and I think that is why we can do better than last season. Personally, I would like to get good numbers. I want a minimum of 20 goals. Last season, Giaco got his title, but I had opportunities. It would be nice to get that result. We have good players. We are working hard and pushing and stimulating each other on the pitch. In order to ensure that happens, Kyogo has been doing extra laps of the training pitch after sessions here in Austria, with the Celtic coaching staff having to almost drag him off for a rest. He said, The coaches prepare us well and with a good programme for the training sessions, which we are happy with. I still have personal tasks to overcome, and that is why I am doing extra. Kyogo got his first goal of pre-season in the feisty 3-3 draw with Rapid Vienna on Saturday evening, and Celtic fans may have been excited by his link-up with David Turnbull, the pair setting up a goal apiece for one another after coming on at half-time. He said, David did well to win the ball and gave me a nice pass that I was able to finish, which I am happy with, but the team has to win every game. There is still a lot to improve, and that is why we are training hard in pre-season. I also want to get to a good fitness level and to contribute to the team. Report by Graeme McGarry Evening Times Sport, July 11 The rise of Queen's Park and Cove Rangers is a breath of fresh air for Scottish football. The Monday Kickoff by James Morgan Jovic exit at Real exposes Perez's hypocrisy. 5,000 million euros has been lost by the clubs. We're on the edge of ruin, adding, we don't want the rich to be richer and the poor poorer. We have to save football. Everything I do is for the good of football, which is in a critical moment. Thus spoke Florentino Perez, the Real Madrid president, in April 2021, as he laid out the reasons why the European Super League's introduction was a necessity required to safeguard the very existence of the game. It was poppycock then, and it remains the case now. Proof of the vacuity of Perez's dubious claim 
about clubs being on the edge of ruin can be seen already in this summer's transfer window. It was Real who tried desperately to prize Kylian Mbappé from Paris Saint-Germain back in May, offering an astronomical £114,000 per day contract to the French forward to make the move to Santiago Bernabeu. It was Real that subsequently lavished 100 million euros on Aurelian Chuameni a few weeks later to bring the young midfielder to the Spanish capital from Monaco. It is the very same club that has allowed Gareth Bale to depart on a free transfer this summer, having ostracised him from the squad for much of the last three seasons despite handing him an annual salary of £25 million in 2016. And it is also Senor Perez's club that has just stood back and watched as Luka Jovic, a €60 million Euros signing from Eintracht Frankfurt in 2019, joined Fiorentina on a free transfer with a 50% sell-on clause. Chucking vast quantities of cash at whatever bright young thing catches their eye has been Perez and Real's modus operandi for years. No amount of poverty pleading can disguise the reality that the Spanish giants have been and continue to be among the most financially viable clubs in Europe. Even during the pandemic, when the club lost £344 million, there was little chance of them going bust. So what was Perez's real motivation for ESL? Plain and simple greed. Or to paraphrase his own words, the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. New boys will revitalise the championship. The debate about new money in lower division Scottish football is a heated one as I have found out previously in the shape of criticism for lauding upwardly mobile clubs that are not afraid to upset the old order. The impact of significant investment in clubs down the pyramid has been seen in the changing face of League Two in recent seasons, but now the natural expression of that investment is bearing fruit even higher up the divisions with the promotions of Kilty Hearts and Edinburgh FC to League One, and particularly so in the forms of Cove Rangers and Queen's Park reaching the Championship. The latter started the Betfred Cup campaign in fine fashion on Saturday, with a 5-2 win over Stranra, while Cove begin theirs against Albion Rovers tomorrow evening. At Cove, Paul Hartley and Gordon Young deserve much of the credit for their ascent through the divisions, so it will be interesting to see what kind of impact former Ross County Jim McIntyre has, and whether, in light of a relatively quiet summer in the market, the club is suitably equipped for the challenge. Equally intriguing will be Queen's Park debut in the Championship, where Owen Coyle, Another manager who's had a rough time at County is at the helm. Whatever happens in the season ahead, it's a breath of fresh air for Scottish football. 
Serre A is the place to be again. During the 1980s and 1990s, there was little doubt about which European league was the best. Serie A boasted the biggest names in world football, and its clubs were regular winners of European competitions. The ban on English clubs in continental competition only served to strengthen the belief that Italy's was the league of choice for the best footballers to really make a name for themselves. Somewhere along the way, between the rise of sky money in the Premier League and the Calcio Poli scandal, Italian football lost its sheen. It became increasingly defensive and struggled to produce players of quality for the national team. Today, Serie A has recovered much of its luster. Last season it was the most exciting of the big five leagues with high-scoring thrillers and a wide-open title race for much of the campaign, which is why it is heartening to see some of Scotland's best talent heading for a slice of La Dolce Vita. Josh Doig's imminent transfer to Verona, who were one of the league's most improved teams in the second half of the season, rekindles memories of the great side of Preben Elchia and Hans-Peter Bregel that won Serie A in 1985, while this column has previously waxed lyrical about the job being done at Bologna, where Lewis Ferguson is expected to arrive soon. It is also exciting that these young players will get the chance to develop in a more competitive league without the need to head to a lower-level English Championship side. Red faces at Wimbledon. The narrative has not quite panned out as the All England club might have hoped at this year's Wimbledon. First, we had late Saturday's ladies final, in which Elena Rybakina defeated Ons Jabber. You may recall that in May, the All England club decided to ban Russian competitors from the tournament a move which prompted the ATP to strip the Grand Slam event of its ranking points. Wimbledon's decision backfired somewhat when Rybakina, who was born in Moscow to Russian parents, who lives in the Russian capital and who represented Russia before she changed allegiance to Kazakhstan in 2018, came from a set down to beat her Tunisian opponent. But it was nothing compared to the uncomfortable spotlight it shone elsewhere. In yesterday's men's final, Nick Kyrgios played the first slam final of his career in what should have been a fairy tale. Instead, it has been a particularly controversial fortnight for the irascible Australian, one in which he has been fined for spitting on a spectator, called evil by an irate opponent because of his behaviour in a match, and accused of domestic abuse by his former girlfriend, Chiara Passari. It's just not cricket, or tennis, as the old codgers in the galleries at SW19 might say. The Saudi Rebels row rumbles on. The LIV Golf Rebels claimed they received a warm welcome 
at the Genesis Scottish Open, and certainly the controversy surrounding their presence in North Berwick, which required a legal intervention instigated by Ian Poulter, Justin Harding and Adrian Ortegu, did not hamper the latter pair's tournament too much, even if Poulter seemed to buckle under the strain that negative publicity has brought. Meanwhile, Graeme McDowell, who did not play, gave a glimpse of his mindset to an Irish newspaper earlier this week, but in the main it was just more of the same repurposed guff having to look after his future. Far more fascinating were the words from Mike Lorenzo Vera, the French golfer, who lifted the lid on what some of the average Joes think about having to share a stage with the rebels. He said, Someone needs to feed their family after 25 years on tour, earning £40 million, and and building one of the biggest car collections around. You need to feed your family. Sell one Ferrari. They are showing huge disrespect for people saying this. Meanwhile, footage of Pat Perez celebrating to the tune of Queen's We Are the Champions in the lounge of a luxury Saudi superjet last week merely emphasised the idea that you could have handpicked which of these tasteless guys would have joined the Rebel Tour pretty easily in a hypothetical barroom chat six months ago. 94. The percentage decrease in the Rangers fans' token since it reached its all-time high in August last year, according to a recent report published by the Bankless Times, a financial website, into the decline in prices of crypto assets. Report by James Morgan. Evening Times Sport, July 11. Ian McCall expects new addition. Report by James Kearney. Ian McCall expects there to be a new addition to his Patrick Thistle side in time for Wednesday night's Premier Sports Cup trip to Rugby Park, as the Jags manager looks to add the finishing touches to his squad for the upcoming season. Harry Mullen, Anton Dowds, Aaron Muirhead, Jack McMillan, Stephen Lawless and David Mitchell have all joined on permanent deals this summer, while young central midfielder Ben Stanway has been promoted to the first-team squad. Thistle have been heavily linked with a loan move for 20-year-old Rangers midfielder Cole McKinnon, who impressed for the Ibrox Club's Colts team in the Lowland League last term, and McCall hinted that a deal is close to being completed without naming any names. McCall said a midfielder will be in the squad for Wednesday. I won't say who it is yet, but a lot of people probably already know it. I met a player at Firhill last week as I think we need another three or four or three if one can play two positions. We are close to one or two. We won't be bringing in another central midfielder as I have promoted Ben Stanway into the first team group. He won't go on loan. He has done really well in the pre-season. 
When asked what areas of the squad he was looking to strengthen, McCall elaborated and continued, a couple of wide players, some cover in defence and a striker. That would be us. We have one more loan, but the rest may be permanent. One player who will remain a Thistle player for the foreseeable is Brian Graham, who last Thursday signed a contract extension that will keep the centre forward at Firhill until the summer of 2024. The 34-year-old finished the previous season as the Jags' top scorer with 18 goals in all competitions, but a bout of illness off the park meant that the strikers' goals dried up towards the end of the campaign. McCall was pleased to see Graham commit his future to the championship club. Graham also coaches the women's side, where he has been nominated for manager of the year in both of his years in charge. And although there were other clubs interested in the striker, the offers were not entertained by his manager. Explained McCall, at Brian's age, it is not usual to extend a contract, but Brian is very important for us. He didn't finish the season well like a lot of players, but he did overall very well. He's very much part of the club and takes the women's team. We turned down two bids, one from the league below and one from our league. I think he always wanted to stay. He will want to be first choice striker. He has that attitude. He's a big moaner. He and Stuart Bannigan help set standards. We still need another striker and whoever plays the best will start. I think I can say now he had COVID and it had a bad effect on him. He is determined to kick on. Report by James Kearney. Evening Times Sport. July 11. Paul Heckenbottom claims Rangers blew clubs out of the water to sign Tom Lawrence. Report by David Irvin. Paul Heckenbottom has claimed that Big Pairs Rangers blew other clubs out of the water to sign Tom Lawrence on a free transfer. Sheffield United were hopeful of signing Lawrence after his exit from Derby following their relegation to League One, but were gazumped by an Ibrooks offer. Former Hibs boss Higginbottom was left frustrated to miss out on Lawrence, but brushed it off as one of those things. As reported by the Sheffield Star, Higginbottom said, It is what it is. A team who got to the Europa League final last year, things like that, is going to be a big pool. Obviously they are big pairs, a big pool, different football. It's one of those things. You can't get them all. Would have I liked them? Yes. If Rangers had not come in and blown everyone out of the water, I would have backed us to get him. If Stuart McCall were here answering this question, or John Fleck, they'd be raving about Rangers and European football. On his move to Rangers, Lawrence commented, I am delighted to have joined Rangers and I am excited to get started. The club is known worldwide for its history, success and fan base and I look forward to being part of that going forward and getting to play in front of the supporters at Ibrox.
Giovanni van Bronckhorst added, I am really pleased we have been able to secure the signing of Tom, and he will further add to our attacking options. He has gained valuable experience over a number of years with Derby County, and I look forward to working with him this season. Report by David Irvin Evening Times Sport, July 11 Super League back in spotlight The Super League case reaches Europe's highest court this week, with its eventual decision likely to have profound ramifications for sport across Europe. The controversial competition was officially founded on April 18 last year, but had collapsed within 72 hours after nine of the original 12 clubs involved withdrew amid political pressure and fan outrage. The companies behind the Super League argue that European and world football's governing bodies, UEFA and FIFA, abused a dominant position under European competition law in first blocking the league's formation and then in their efforts to sanction the clubs involved. The 17th Commercial Court in Madrid referred the matter to the European Court of Justice in May last year. The case, which has a reference number C-333-21, will be heard by a grand chamber of 15 ECJ judges, which is an indication of how potentially significant and complex it is thought to be. Often cases referred to the court are heard by chambers of three or five judges. Written submissions in this case have already been sent to the court, including from 16 European Union member states. From 1.30pm UK time today, the participants in the case are expected to make oral submissions to the court. On one side are the European Super League company, SL and A22, while on the other are UEFA and FIFA, La Liga and the Spanish Football Federation, RFEF, have joined the case in support of UEFA and FIFA, while 20 or 21 EU member states with an interest in the case have indicated their intention to make oral submissions related to the case. Each submission must last no more than around 15 minutes. The judges will then spend Tuesday asking questions of the participants involved. It is expected that only lawyers will speak on behalf of the rival parties, and major protagonists in the Super League saga such as Real Madrid president Florentino Perez are not expected to appear. Sources close to the Super League say they are confident of success and in the ECJ's independence from political pressure, despite the number of member states lining up to make oral submissions. Once the hearing concludes on Tuesday afternoon or evening, the next step is the publication of an opinion by the Advocate General a judge related to the court. This opinion 
is not expected to be published until September at the earliest, due to the court's summer recess. The opinion is non-binding, but very often the final judgment of the court, which comes later, bears strong similarities to it, so it could provide a strong indication of what the ultimate outcome will be. On average, cases last over 16 and a half months from referral to final judgment, with the referral in this case made in May last year. The ECJ judgment will be an abstract interpretation of EU law, rather than a specific judgment on this case. However, the Madrid Commercial Court is then obliged to apply the ECJ ruling when it considers the case. At the heart of the case are three clubs, Real Madrid, Barcelona and Juventus, who remain supportive of the Super League concept and argue that the current model of European football governed by UEFA is unsustainable. The subject matter of the main proceedings is described in the referral document from the Madrid court to the ECJ as follows. By preventing the organisation of the European Super League, the applicants UEFA and FIFA engaged in concerted practices and abused their dominant position in the market for the organisation of international club football competitions in Europe and the market for the marketing of the rights associated with such competitions. The applicant further seeks the adoption of interim measures aimed at enabling the organisation and development of the European Super League. The referral then lists six questions related to EU law, which it wants the ECJ to consider. A separate but related case involved the International Skating Union, the ISU, and it will be heard by the same Grand Chamber today. The European General Court ruled in December 2020 that the International Skating Union infringed competition law by banning athletes from its competitions if they had taken part in unauthorised events, with the matter now having been referred to the ECJ. Evening Times Sport, July 11. Van Bronckhorst eyes Champions League windfall. Report by Chris Jack. Giovanni van Bronckhurst has set his sights on a Champions League windfall to drive his Ibrox project forward, as Rangers aim to make amends for their Malmo disaster last term. Rangers missed out on a place in the group stages 12 months ago, after Steven Gerrard's side were shocked by the Swedes just weeks after they clinched the Premiership title. Now the light blues are waiting to discover their potential route to the lucrative top table of the European game ahead of the draw for the third qualifying round on Monday, July 18. Progression through that tie and the playoff fixture could be worth around £40 million to Rangers and old firm rival Celtic are already counting the benefit of their Premiership triumph last season 
as they prepare to return to that stage this season. Van Bronckhorst remains in the market for further reinforcements ahead of the big kickoff, and the Dutchman is aware of what is at stake on and off the park when the Europa League finalists return to continental competition next month. Said Van Bronckhorst, Of course the season was a big disappointment for the team and for the club to not go to the next round and try to get into the group stages. Now we have two rounds to play to get to the group stages, which of course is very huge. I played in the Champions League. I coached in the Champions League with Feyenoord. And I think for a player and also for a coach, it is a fantastic tournament to be involved in. That is the ambition of myself and the team and the club to be there in the group stage. We have to be ready when the first games come. The most important thing is that the money will come in for the club. It is big money, a lot of money, and it goes all the way down. The more money that comes into the club, the more things we can do with the money and also invest. For me, it is the same. When we have Champions League money coming in, we have more budget. That is normal. You have to have as big revenues as possible. I am always a player who understands the possibilities within the club. I also did at Feyenoord. I am sure and I know that the club is working hard to get the best possible squad with the finances that we have. And of course, Champions League money would give more budget. You can spend more and invest more. Many, many positives out of progressing to the group stages. Report by Chris Jag. And that was this week's Glasgow Times Sport podcast, normally recorded in our studio at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre, currently recorded from our volunteers' homes with the publisher's kind permission. Thanks for listening.